Hello, listener. Welcome to the Jeff McAlino podcast. Thank you for joining me. Got a fun, packed episode for you today. Uh, obviously, I did make it back safely from Costa Rica. Um, only died once, almost died once. Uh, ATVing incident. Um, never ridden an ATV before. And let me tell you, the first time you do it, you shouldn't be so close to the side of a cliff many times. Not my favorite activity uh, that I've ever done. Actually, probably one of the worst things I've ever done. Um, but hey, I got through it. I'm here. <laughs> it was it was an experience. I can now say I went ATVing. Um, almost killed myself. Almost killed the ATV. Um, we all made it. We're all here. That's all that matters, right? Um, great time. Uh, down there with a bunch of uh, old and new friends. Uh, so uh, that was that was Costa Rica in a nutshell. That's uh, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> um, hey, today I've got a really fun guest, Servan Campbell. Uh, he's out of South Carolina. Uh, he is a musician. Um, it's hard to classify him, you know, he's a, a, a musician's a good way of saying it. He's, I don't know if I'd call him a singer or a rapper. He kind of combines a lot of uh, interesting musical styles together, which I love. Uh, check out his music. It's in the uh, Beecha link d- below uh, in the show notes, of course. Um, <clears throat> he's also uh, he's also done some stand-up uh, comedy and uh, we talk about a lot of different things. I mean, we talk about, uh, we have the very fun conversation that guys sometimes have about the, you know, the last or the the most recent or the the worst time that, or the most embarrassing time that they've ever vomited. So we kind of have that conversation. Uh, it's a wide ranging discussion. And I had a lot of fun talking to Servan. Um, also, his uh, Instagram handle had to be addressed. It is a sex monkey limo driver. So we do talk about that as well. That is his Instagram handle, Sex Monkey Limo Driver. Um, but he explains the origins of that and how he so wish he could change his Instagram handle. <laughs> we'll get into all of that. Uh, but first, uh, hey, this podcast sponsored by our good friends at Geology. Uh, this award-winning men's skincare company will formulate a customized skin care routine just for you using a handful of powerful proven ingredients that have been trusted by dermatologists for decades. I got back from Costa Rica and a couple days later, I got my shipment of uh, geology in the mail. Um, you know, check it out 30 day trial. I'll keep you updated on how I'm doing, but loving it so far. Uh, got to take care of your skin, man. You know, I'm 35. I want to look young for, you know, until I'm, you know, maybe 50. I don't know. We'll see. Um, so take care of your skin. This is a way to do it. Uh, got a, the uh, uh, trial uh, of their four main products, their everyday face wash, their vital morning face cream. They've got repairing night cream and nourishing eye cream. So head to Geology. You can take their skin free skincare quiz and um, use the link below and you'll get a discount. 
Use the link in the show notes. It ends in JMAC50, J-M-A-C-5-0. Click that link, see what you might like. Test out their uh, trial package with those four products. Give it a test run, see how you like it. Uh, you know, keep your skin young and fresh and healthy. Uh, geology, use the link below. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, I want to uh, shout out Pure Hemp Botanicals. They've been crafting pure CBD products since 2015. Growing customer base always talks about the quality of their product and customer service. You can get full spectrum tinctures, broad spectrum tinctures, vegan soft gels, incredible body care lotions, and more. Click on the link below to get a discount and let them know that you came there because I sent you the Jeff McAlino podcast, Pure Hemp Botanicals. Uh, again, check out both of the sponsors in the links below. All right, without any further ado, here is my chat with uh, the uh, excellent and uh, entertaining Servan Campbell. All right, everyone, I am now very pleased to welcome Servan Campbell to the Jeff McAlino podcast. How are you, Servan? I'm good. I'm glad to be on with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to have you. I, I, uh, when, when Spotify wasn't down today, I was listening to your music. <laughs> Had a <Scared. laughs> that it's it's funny because it's it's like really the one day I need Spotify to to work. It's the day is gonna it's gonna crash today. <laughs> I was on Spotify for artists and it logged me out and I logged back in and it said this account doesn't exist. Yes. The, the actual Spotify. And I was like, did they kick me off Spotify? And I got mm -hmm. scared. Like, they, I thought they took my music down or something. I thought I was in trouble. Well, I, I record this podcast through Anchor, which is owned by Spotify. And I thought the same thing. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I've been getting banned like once a week on like TikTok and stuff. So I'm like always scared because like I don't feel like I'd be doing anything. Then it'll say you're blocked, you're banned. So I thought Spotify had me too. <laughs> it's I, I went on I went on Twitter and somebody luckily I said something like I got logged out of my Spotify somehow and any way I try to log back in doesn't work, but I haven't had to log into my Spotify in like a decade. It's never <laughs> locked me out. That was the first place I went. I went to Twitter. I went to hashtag Spotify and everybody else confirmed. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'm safe. See, I'm not good with all those hashtags and the trending topics and stuff. So luckily a, a, a good Samaritan within a few minutes, like tweeted me and was like, yeah, it's happened to everyone. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God. I, I I can't start from scratch here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I felt the exact same way. Yeah, that's uh. Well, luckily it was just a, you know, it it's a weird misery loves company type thing. When everyone when everyone loses it, it's cool. If it's just me, I'm not happy. <laughs> yeah. I went when I saw everybody else was, and I was like. This is something telling me I need to get off my phone. I need a break. So I put my phone down. I just kind of relaxed. I went and got food. And I was like, okay, 
Good thing I still got YouTube. <laughs> 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 that's that's kind of what I did too, to be honest. It's yeah. sad, sad, <laughs> sad state of affairs. But uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much like. Well, I guess I'll I'll go to another I'll go to another streaming place. But I I, I listen to all my podcasts on Spotify, and usually that's the music place. So I was like, I don't want to start over. Like not that not that you earn credit, but <laughs> you earn credit. Say that again. Not that you earn credit by listening to podcasts and stuff, but like I've got like a hundred podcasts on my listen, you know, that, that pop up. The algorithm. I take that so serious because they know what kind of stuff I like. That's why I don't let anybody use like my Hulu or my Netflix because it is custom fitted for me. And I was like, I got on TikTok, and the first TikTok I saw was this guy saying um spotify got 30 minutes and i'm creating an apple account and <laughs> I, I felt it i felt it i was right there with him the the, the worst thing that algorithm like uh, youtube drives me insane with that algorithm because i would go on and generally i'm watching comedy or or music or mm. you know I'll, I'll i'll watch football videos stuff like that and then randomly I'll be like, I want to make, I want to, I want, I've been trying to cook more recently. So it's like, I want to make this. So I'll watch two, three videos about how you make, you know, uh, uh, air fried chicken thighs or something. And then all my suggested videos for the next three months are how to make these chicken thighs the best. I'm like, no, I already know how to make them. I don't need to stop <laughs> the algorithm they come it's like you say you're interested one time and then they're like jehovah witnesses at your door they just <laughs> always they he listened one time he's gonna listen this time and this time and this time i got in trouble one time from it i had there's these two guys on tiktok and they have a podcast they call themselves um high valued men and i was watching a bunch of stand-up comics like roast them and just like pick on their videos and react to their videos so I guess YouTube took it as I wanted to watch their videos. So I had YouTube hooked up to my TV and me and my girlfriend were watching it. And like two videos down, it was them and their podcast and it's how to get away with cheating. Oh, no. Because it's like, I don't think this was like meant for my algorithm. (laughs) You got to kind of explain everything. Go back up the rabbit hole. Yeah, that's, that's a, Yeah, that's a rough, (laughs) that's a rough scenario to find yourself. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to kind of sit and like, just explain. I think I got my algorithm mixed up. Look, here's one thing. At least the video started at zero. So, you know, I. Exactly. I mean, I I either watched it to the very end (laughs) or I've never watched it before. (laughs) <laughs> I've either already mastered it or you caught me before I could learn. It. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just pick a side. I'm either already guilty or I'm still innocent. Just <laughs> so, uh, Servan, I'm, uh, I, uh, was, uh, you know, look obviously doing my uh due diligence uh before talking to you and uh one thing i i know is you kind of got your whole start 
in I'll, I'll say in show business uh, by doing stand up comedy at a at a very young age. I mean, maybe maybe a more normally I started doing stand up last year at 34. So I, I'm I'm a I'm a dinosaur as a comedy beginner. But you started doing stand up at uh, you were a teenager still, I think. Right. Yeah, I was 16. I was 16. Wow. Wow. It was it was not good. It was not funny at all. I think I had a, a young factor. I feel like the only reason I was getting laughs was because I was a teenager and everybody felt bad for me. So I felt like I feel like that really helped me out a lot. Well, you you know, you, you use what you got to get laughs, right? Exactly. <laughs> that's that's the whole, you know, the whole gig. Um, but I mean, you, you did it for a while. You did some traveling and stuff, right? Yeah, I did. Um, when I was 16, I like kind of was sneaking away. Like I live in Greenville. I don't know if you know the area as well, but I live in Greenville and I would sneak off to places like Charlotte and places, which are like two hours away. Mm -hmm. I didn't have my license or anything. I was just like, (laughs) I hope there's like a, you know, like an end to this. Like if I don't get in a statute of limitations, I don't want to get in trouble, but I would drive like two hours away. Or go to Atlanta in different places, trying to find places that had open mics. And then um, a few people saw that I was getting laughs because people felt bad for me. So they started taking me to shows with them. And then when I turned 18, I was just, I hit the road and I did a, I was, I would say like half of a full tour. I ended up like cutting out midway, but yeah. And I would have kept going, but the pandemic and then bad experiences with it, I just kind of calmed down i i do oddly enough i do know know greenville south carolina right Mm -hmm. i do know that that was the the first trip i went on with my uh now ex-wife when we were first starting dating her dad lived in greenville and uh, i spent a week there and i'm like this is a great place and by by spending a week there i mean i went to the mall a couple times i don't even know if that mall still exists and uh, I drove to Charlotte and, and Rock Hill and uh, Carowinds. I, I drove. <laughs> so that, that was my whole little circuit. That was my whole. <laughs> That's a phrase that I cannot wait to say. I'm engaged now and I can't wait to say my now ex-wife. <laughs> I'm excited to get to use that. I've got my uh, my now ex-wife, and I like to say my future ex-wife. I haven't met her. Well, maybe I've met her, but I <laughs> I haven't married her yet. I saw her, her now. I feel like I got like two or three marriages in me. Like I I feel like I'm that guy that's like, oh, you remember at your wedding? And they'll be like, your second one, your third one. I feel like I'm that guy. And I'm excited to be that guy. I don't think that, well... I mean, maybe it's not ideal, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I, my my sister got married like a month ago, and I'm still like, oh, I love weddings. I'd, I'd have a. I want to go to a wedding so bad. Oh yeah, I've got another one coming up in a, a month and a half. Uh, uh, be it, plus one, I am there. <laughs> I need a reason to get dressed up. Well, that's completely sweatpants in it for a long time now. That's my thing is I, I won't do anything. I'll, I'll wear shorts and flip-flops all day, every day. I don't, I don't like wearing shoes. My sister's wedding, I, I got tuxedo shoes. And I, the next day, 
my pinky toes were swollen. Like they looked like I had two big toes on each foot because they were too tight on my foot. Um, which is somewhat concerning because I wear a size 13 shoe. I got 13 wide and they were that constricting. I'm like, are my feet getting fat? (laughs) All sounds ready to Hulk out. You just, you're one flinch away from just ripping out. Yeah. But, but even uh, I'm at the fattest I've been in my entire life right now, but even at that point, when you put on a tuxedo as a groomsman, you look good. (laughs) Does <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I want. I want to be like I was in a wedding, the one wedding that I was ever in. No, wait. Every wedding I've been in has ended. <laughs> I never thought about that. Uh, one of my best friends, him and his wife, I was best friends with both of them. They just got a divorce. My sister, my mom. I I'm, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. They got any weddings. You're you're the poison pill in the wedding party. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, see myself out the weddings. If you don't want it to work, just just bring me. Yeah, I've been in uh, I, I want to say like five wedding parties, and I think, well, I guess if I include my own, there's only two that have been divorced so far. <laughs> so that's like below the national average. <laughs> Yeah, you need like a stamp card at this point. Yeah, well, I I figure the one I'm going to be in at the end of April is quite possibly the last one I'm going to be in. It's like, uh, till till my kids get married, I'm not going to have an intimate part in any wedding after this one. So I better get laid. (laughs) (laughs) I think I got one more in me too. I I think all of my friends are already married and... I don't know. I can't say nothing because my last my last friend that got divorced, I didn't see it coming. I found out on live. I was live and I like broke down like, wait, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was about to I was about to cry. It hurt my feelings. I thought I felt like a child. Like I was the reason that they got divorced. Like I was in the middle. Now I don't even know who to like who to message first. I don't want to take sides. I don't know who's going to grab me in the divorce. I don't know who I'm still friends with. Who who gets custody of me? Because <laughs> yeah. we would hang out every weekend, and now it's like, I don't know. Should I go with the one that kept the house? <laughs> I don't know where to go. Yeah, that's a that's an awkward. Uh, I don't think I've I've had to be in that scenario. Like my my older sister got divorced, and I was good friends with her ex husband, uh, but obviously you know it's my sister so it's yeah. not like i have to pick a side my sister's ex-husband <laughs> he made really great moonshine and i don't have a moonshine plug anymore so <laughs> i want to kind of sneak out like hey man you know we were cool at one point i <laughs> probably shouldn't say this on the podcast but nowadays it's it's basically illegal so but the the my sister who just got married her ex-fiance, they didn't they didn't get married, but her ex-fiance had had a, a, a weed hookup. So I, I used him a lot for that. And it was like she she got mad because like for months after they broke up, I was still like, Well, yeah, I, I still need weed. <laughs> like that that didn't I'm stop just because your relationship. <laughs> my last ex-girlfriend was selling weed to my brother. 
for like three or four months after we broke up. It probably would have kept going on, but he moved to like he moved to Colorado. So it's kind of like he can buy it legit now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that was uh, that was when it was. I don't even know what the marijuana laws are in my state (laughs) currently. (laughs) That's probably not a good thing. (laughs) If you don't know, then you don't have it's not a problem. That's how I look at it. Well, they got like the medicinal marijuana. I recreational marijuana is still not legal, but I just think that nobody's enforcing it. I don't I don't play it anywhere. When I was in California, even when I was in Vegas, when I saw them just like walking around smoking, I'm like, I don't want nothing to do with this. Uh when I go back home, I don't want to get too comfortable. I can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, South Carolina will be one of the last states, probably, to <laughs> to legalize. Yeah, something I think they did. They just did medicinal. They just legalized it or something. Oh, really? Oh, well, we're, we're slowly getting there. Yeah, they the um, it's funny. Last Monday, so this is a Monday night, and I I go downtown because one of my best friends had a friend from out of town and he he brought me along and uh some guy on the street's like here hit this vape pen it's weed and i'm like ah nah i'm cool he's middle middle of the street he's like what are you a cop i'm like no i'm not a cop i just don't want to smoke weed in the middle of the sidewalk where there's a bunch of people around (laughs) he's like you're a cop aren't you i'm like yeah okay fine let's just say i'm a cop (laughs) I don't care. I think it would be now. I gotta prove to this guy that I'm not a cop. <laughs> well, prove to you that I'm cool. Yeah, I, I, I had to make a split second decision. I'm like, this guy could be a cop. <laughs> That's how he would have got me. <laughs> right. Would have got me. When I went up uh, another wedding, I was in. I was in Buffalo, and I swear to God, I walked into five bars that the first interaction I had with the stranger was someone saying, Hey, do you want to go smoke pot in the parking lot? And I'm like, is, is that a thing here? Like you ever you, say yes, though. Do you ever say yes? when something like if a stranger asks you, yes, I did every single time in Buffalo. I, <laughs> I have to look at that person and really make the best judgment because my, I have to look at their mouth because I don't trust what everybody's mouth has been. Because people do a lot of weird stuff in their mouth now, even if they don't have the whole little Usher disease. I have to make sure, like right off the bat, like you seem like you got a, I don't want to say a pretty mouth, but I trust your mouth. I can, I'll smoke with you. I have to make sure I can make that with everybody that offers me. I, I'm, a, I just turned into a germaphobe. I watched this show Monk all through school. And when I finished it, by the end of it, I, I, I don't like germs. He ruined me. I, I believe it or not, I was a germaphobe, hardcore. And then I had, uh, I had my daughter, and uh, that changes you quite a bit when you're like getting piss and shit all over yourself constantly. She threw up in my mouth once. Like I was, I was holding her up over my head. She just vomited into my mouth, and I, I was just like, germs are inevitable. Like I used to be weird. Like I used to be weird. Like I would wait 
to to order food and then i'd have to give the menu to the waitress go to the bathroom scrub my hands like i was going into surgery and kick the door open uh which was more difficult on those pull doors yeah i think i I don't think i've gotten that serious i think i was pretty bad i don't think i was that bad the pandemic really loosened me up because i saw how crazy people was acting and it was kind of like it's not that serious and i and i relaxed a lot more yeah, I, I, I think I, I, I did, I too. Throw up in my mouth. I don't know if I can have to throw up in my mouth. I've thrown up on two people, and, and I've thrown up in somebody's mouth, and I've thrown up on another person. But if it happened to me, I, I don't think we could be cool anymore. I think that's that's when I would cut my daughter off. I think that's when we uh, go our separate ways. <laughs> you, you know what? Forgive me. The, the worst thing was she ate, like, for the first time, she ate baby food with chicken in it which is probably why she threw up. Um, so, you know, if it was like fruit or veggie vomit, but there were chicken chunks in the vomit. I mean, I'm not saying I was happy about it. <laughs> I have a thing about throw up. It's, I, I just recently threw up. I, I can't do edibles. I, can, I cannot handle it. I can never get the right dosage. And my girlfriend gave me the last time she gave me an edible and I threw up every time she gave me one, I thrown up, but I filled up a whole like two Walmart bags full. I'm out. Can't do it. I hate throw up. I don't like when other people throw up. I don't want to throw up. I'm out. <laughs> she throws up around me. She's by herself. I, I recently had to have uh, one of my buddies was at my house with his wife. And there were a couple other people here, but my buddy went to the bathroom. His wife walked out and said, he's throwing up. I can't handle it. And I went into the bathroom and patted him on the back as he vomited. And I'm like, hmm, I guess it doesn't affect me that much. I don't, I don't know. My first instinct was like, in my house? Like, the disrespect. You can't go outside. <laughs> nah, he was hitting the toilet. I mean, I, maybe that was part of it, too, is I'm like, I just want to make sure this gets where it needs to go. I, I, I don't want it on the wall. <laughs> My girlfriend now, I met her because all through high school, I dated her best friend. And the best friend, I had the flu. And me and her were like, I had a little like corner in my room that I could hide in. And my mom wouldn't see. And I'm like, I'm probably like 17. And I had just gotten over the flu, but I still felt sick. But we were like young. I'm trying to get some. And we're like making out. And I felt myself throwing up, like trying to. So I tried to like end the kiss and get off of her. But the area was so compact and just so we were just so close in that I couldn't get away like quick enough. So it went when I was backing out. It got like in the bottom of her mouth. So she's like still trying to hug me, and it's like her reflex was to throw up too. So when she threw <laughs> up, I saw it coming, and I closed my mouth. I it was like instantly, and I like tried to go back, and it hit me. And we both tried to stand up at the same time, which made like a throw up sandwich, and then we fell in it. <laughs> and it was just that's probably like the most disgusting thing I've ever experienced in my life. I could have sacrificed her that night. I was done. I didn't want to see her. That was probably like the worst, worst experience of my life. 
I'm just I, I that that scene will be in the next Adam Sandler movie. I assume. <laughs> that's ooh. Every time I see her, it's like we shared that moment. That'll never get away from here. That like that is forever between us. Like you can't hate me because we're throw up soulmates now. <laughs> we'll forever be bonded by that. We went through the shit together. Yeah. <laughs> that was our Vietnam. That was our yeah. moment of silence and depression. I, I still remember that day. <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> but we need to. One <laughs> has to go to therapy and I can't live with it. That's yeah, um uh, it's funny you make, uh you mentioned edibles and I do it's isn't it weird even if you get the edibles i get are usually ones that are shipped from places where it's legal and it's measured and i've had some that are like 60 milligrams i'm like i didn't i don't feel anything and i've had some that are 15 that have like knocked me on my ass uh there's a there's no con- it, like the the um the dosage like the milligrams it doesn't seem to matter <laughs> they they never they never give me a good trip no matter what dosage i get no matter what's going on the first like five minutes is so great and then it's hell from then on out there was literally one time i was praying like god i would do anything just make this stop <laughs> I couldn't stop throwing up. I ruined my favorite sheets. I was really praying. I can't do it no more. I'm out. I'm past my edible stage. I don't want to do it anymore at all. You you know, it's funny. One of the most recent times I vomited, probably shouldn't say this on the podcast, but why not? This is now, to be fair, I don't remember vomiting. This is just what was recounted to me. (laughs) It was, uh, uh, I'm a I'm a heavy drinker, and uh, one of my friends gave me MDMA for the first time, and his thought was this will make you drink less because, you know, I I don't even I blacked out real quick and I did not slow down drinking, so I go through hours of this night I don't remember. We go back to one of our friends' house, and one of their uh, one of the dudes gives me weed and I inhaled it so fast. I guess it was a one hitter. I don't know what that even means to be honest, but I inhaled it so hard that I instantly vomited, not like a ton, but I just instantly vomited when I took it again, this is secondhand story. Um, So that was one of the last times I vomited and it was from smoking weed. Oddly enough. Although, again, it was more of the inhaling it, I, I suppose. Uh, never. Um, I throw up. I'm instantly embarrassed. I have to. I have to pretend I passed out so I can't. I can't deal with the consequences of it in that moment. So the the worst thing was again secondhand story, but the worst thing was my friends like everyone saw you do it and no one judged you. They're like, oh, we should have told you not to hit that one that hard. Like that. That's our bad. And it wasn't that bad, but I still had that shame instinct in me. So I cleaned it up with a paper. 
again, this is all told to me secondhand. I cleaned it up with the paper towel. I snuck off to the bathroom and tried to flush it down the toilet instead of just, which paper towels are not supposed to go in the toilet. Um, so I clogged their toilets. I not only threw up on their floor, I cleaned it up and then clogged their toilet. So I was winning. One of those in the <laughs> South, we say, bless your heart story. It's, it's, it's really like, bless your heart. Like, I really feel for you. Just loss after loss. And the, the worst part is I remember none of it. Like, it, this could all be made up, by the way. But, like, five people have the same story. And I'm like, sounds like me. I, I don't really, if I do drink, if I do drink and I get, like, completely drunk or if I do anything, I do it by myself or I do it with my girlfriend. Because I don't want that shame. I don't want nobody to have anything on me. I don't want to find like no <laughs> random picture. I don't want to get like a happy birthday picture and just me passed out with throw up on me. Because <laughs> I know it's at least one of them out there and I don't need any more. Oh, Servan, I, I, I should show you the pictures that I get of myself. I actually, one of my stand-up bits was talking about my dating profile. I don't take pictures of myself. So I go through my phone looking for pictures of me, and most of them are pictures that my friends have taken of me passed out in various locations. <laughs> so that's my yeah. dating profile. <laughs> they'll they'll swipe through and say, this is a guy that knows how to have a good time. I like that. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, oh, look, here's me on a couch. Here's me on the beach. I, I'm adventurous. <laughs> he goes to different places. <laughs> I like a man that can sleep on the kitchen table, the Okay, he can sleep at all these different places. <laughs> that's a that's an important quality in a man. <laughs> <laughs> well, look on these dating apps, every woman is like, "I like the outdoors. I like to adventure." I'm like, "Where the fuck are you going on adventures?" <laughs> can you sleep while doing it? Is the question? <laughs> yeah, right. I I go on adventures every night. You get blackout drunk every night is an adventure. I constantly get reminded of the stuff that I would say on Tinder and on those apps. And the older I get, the more I realize I was a fuckboy. I was the wackest person. Like, this girl just the other day reminded me that my my Tinder bio was, let's go half on a baby. And <laughs> it's just it, it was just no shame, just random stuff. And every every bio that somebody reminds me of just shows me a different chapter in my life. And it's like, but I've matured now. My bio now would just say, hey, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I uh I I would say I, I've I've gone the other way. I've immatured because I got I got kids, I got married, I, I did all I got two kids, I had a back surgery, I got married, I got divorced all between the ages of 22 and 27. So it's like, from then on, it's like, well, now I'm a child. I, I had never smoked weed until I was 27 years old. I was I was the opposite of that. I did so much stuff in high school. So by the time I was 20, I was like, I don't want to do anything. I, I want to be 45, where it's like I'm old enough where I can say I'm too old to do this, but I'm young enough where I probably can still do it. Like, everybody was smoking weed in high school. I was on, like, acid and shrooms, and 
that's it. Like I would, I was drinking. Like I had, like I was doing clubs and stuff like that at sixteen. So like sixteen, seventeen, I was able to get alcohol like so easy. The guy, one of the people that took me on tour, showed me how to get a fake ID, which I never used. I never used, but I had the option to all of that stuff. So by the time I got twenty, I was like, I am so burnt out. So now it's like. I like every every relationship. I'm like, yo, we're getting married. Like two months in, I'm ready. I didn't. Kay, the girl I'm with now, if she wasn't on birth control, I would have had this girl pregnant by now. No, no, like no regard of care. I don't care about anything else. I'm like, I'm ready to be a dad. Let's shut it down. I want to be old already. Let's skip through life. Let's fast forward it. That's where I'm at. Yeah, so so we live the opposite cycle. <laughs> yeah, I was a I was a choir boy in high school, <laughs> not not literally. <laughs> That's me now. Like now, the music I listen to, the shows that I watch, when I hear like somebody say like a bad word, I'm like, oh Jesus! <laughs> like, this is my first response every time. Like, you want to watch this vulgar mess? Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I go the opposite way. <laughs> Kay listens to Megan The Stallion, and every time that girl's rapping, it's like the most like vulgar like sex thing, and I'm just like, oh my lord, <laughs> can't, handle can't handle it. Well, in uh, man, now <laughs> in listening to your music, by the way, I think I I I think I only one time was like ah. I probably shouldn't enjoy this song as much as I do. Only one song. Um, I got it. What's the song? What's the song? I, I didn't write it down. But I was going to say, you might be able to guess. It was, I love the song, but it used a certain word that I can't enjoy. If you know what I mean. Chubby. Uh, it may have been chubby. Is I have a song, Chubby, and I have a song, A Little More. And both of those songs, I was like, I don't want to put this out. I don't want to put this out. This is I, I, I can't I can't walk around and represent this song because like I'll pretend to be a thug on a song just because I'm told to. And then when I hear it, I'm like, my favorite quote is from that show Atlanta. It's like I look like I drink juice. This isn't me. I don't want to <laughs> put this song out. So the beats yeah. were good though. Like the the music was good and not that the the words were i mean but again there are, there is one particular word that it's like well i shouldn't be jamming to this song maybe i don't i don't even know how to <laughs> that's what somebody else songs where the switch from the song to me in real life is the song would be <clears> like <throat> yo this is a this is a rapper this is somebody that's from the streets and this that and this then when you see me in an interview It'll be me with some glasses and like a little top hat with a scarf wrapped around. I'm like, well, the song came to me in a dream. Like, I feel like that's the difference between my music and me. Where it's like, I have some songs like Chubby. I feel like that was just whatever. I was, I, I made it just for fun. And then I have songs like my newest song, Sarah Lynn, where it's like, I play like cello and violin and all kind of stuff. And then, like, yeah, big difference. That so so. You, you have how many instruments do you know how to play? Because I I listen to that. I'm like, there's no way that this is not like there's. It's not like 
beats from the computer or i i don't know even how music is made so forgive me but i'm like this these are instruments i'm trying to beat people because i keep seeing like i follow this guy labyrinth he's been in a studio making or like just grabbing random instruments or charlie pooth i, I hate charlie pooth because he just be like hearing somebody talk oh that's an e flat this that and this and then he'll like play a bunch of random instruments and i'm like i can do that but I really can't. I cannot play any instrument. I can just, I figured out a way where I can, like, I'll get a guitar and I'll play with it enough. And I'm like, that five seconds sounded good enough where if we loop it, it'll work. Mm. And doing that with the piano and I did that with the cello and all of those things, it just, that song just, like, I made the, I had the vocals, which didn't take any time. But the actual music took me like two and a half months to learn how to make. And I'm never touching any of those instruments ever again. You'll never see me with a cello or a violin or anything like that. <laughs> anything. I, I would say that song, I, I wrote it down. It it's it uh I, I enjoyed every song that I listened to of yours, and I listened to I feel like at least a dozen. Um that one though it it, it's it there's something about it i'm like this bends all the genres (laughs) like it i i love music that that scales different levels if that makes sense like it it goes many so so bohemian rhapsody that's that song that has you know obviously that's a hugely long song but it's got opera it's got rock it's got it's got everything except for rap i would say in that song and i love it because it's like it just travels through different and i feel like listening to your music was kind of similar and that song was kind of like the cherry on top where it's like this this is there's a, a beauty about that song. I don't know. I don't know if you love that song as much as I, well, I hope you love that song as much as I do. <laughs> I appreciate it. I just recently, I am really bad at like touring and stuff because I don't know the words to most of my music because I didn't like a lot of my music. I'm just starting to. And I'm glad you like it because I really do love Sarah Lynn and it took a long time to make it. That song meant a lot to me because it was about some, I wrote it about um, the character who, because I see myself, and I don't know if you know the show Bojack Horseman, but I see myself in a lot of the, like, the characters there and in my friends, and the character that I thought of for Sarah Lynn, she died, like, four days, she, she overdosed four days before the song came out, and it just, like, so that song just had so much meaning to me, especially once it actually came out, so... Yeah, I'm glad that you like it because I tried so hard to make it the way it came out, where it's like I wanted to, I don't know, I wanted to catch a feeling. I wanted to, not, not to sound, you know, like pretentious, but I wanted to like catch an exact feeling and, um, I don't know, a certain emotion. I don't know how to ex- describe, describe it, but I wanted to try to go out of my normal genre and do stuff. My only problem is, I don't know what genre it is or what it sounds like. So I'm having a hard time marketing it because I don't know what it is and nobody else does either. So everybody that has said something has said something completely different. That's 
it's one of those songs that <clears throat> there there are a few of them that I still listen to the radio when I drive my kids to school and stuff. And with my kids, that's like an hour and a half circuit uh, twice a day on the nights I have them. Uh, and uh, there are only a few songs that literally every radio station will play. And that's one of those songs where it's like it it doesn't necessarily have a genre. It can fit in many different ones. But 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 I will say I voluntarily so Spotify kind of just randomizes I don't have premium. <laughs> so it just randomizes the songs. I don't even <laughs> so, but but Sarah Lynn is one where I, I voluntarily went and I because I think on your website or YouTube or maybe both, you can just click. I listened to that one four times today. I'm like, that's that's good. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, it's it's that, very that good. Before because right before I got on here, this blog, um, this dude wrote. I don't think I he wrote it. He was like, um, Sterling is so beautiful, but so bad. But I cried listening to it. It was really like I don't know. This is I have never in all of my days making music had a release do as well as Sarah Lynn has, but it has the worst reviews of any of my songs. But everybody that reviewed it gave it like a really low score. They talk really highly of it, but they rated it really low. So I'm just like I have no idea how to market it. Like one guy on his blog, he gave it a one out of five. But he gave it, he didn't insult it at all throughout the whole, like, you know, write up. So it's, I don't know, I'm, it's confusing. Well, and that's probably it for the people who rate and judge music is that it is confusing because they don't know how to classify it. <laughs> Which, again, to me, that's that's my favorite kind of music where it's like, don't you, you, you can't put this in this category or that category. It's just music and it's good. Doesn't doesn't need to fit in a box. Oh, well, I definitely appreciate it. I needed the ego boost, so thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, but uh, so indie music right now. I've had some conflicting uh, opinions offered to me. Uh, the one I tend to go with more often is, you know the today is the best day to be an indie musician compared to the past where you needed a record label or you know you you were never getting off the ground nowadays with all the websites you can put your music out there and again it takes a lot it's not like it's going to just happen because it's good music you still need to be savvy you still need to figure out how to promote it but compared to any other time in the past, you know, 50 years, whatever, uh, this is the best time to be an indie musician because you do have the option to put it out there on all these things. And if you can get it to the right, you know, if you can get it to the technology basically makes it so much easier. Um, now, by the same token, I've also been told the opposite. Some people have said, well, it's harder because the market is flooded now. 
because there are millions of people same same way with podcasts that there are so many of them that now it's not like just being great can can get you to the top you need to have all of these different things fall into place for you um that was a long-winded question <laughs> but uh i i will i don't know if you have thoughts on that um i agree with both is the best time because you can you have the most freedom it's great to i'm in the middle about you know being signed and not being signed it's it's a great time for either one it's so many, you know, promotional things you can do. It's so you can do everything yourself, which I, I I have, and I've created a great fan base and a great relationship with everybody just from being some dude on the internet. So, like, you know, I'm I think it's a great time for that, but at the same time, since it is so flooded, everybody says you need to have a niche. I don't even think it's that. I think it's just why you. And this guy at one point, this dude, he he completely broke my heart because everything that I wanted to say, he was shutting down before I even said it. And I wasn't going to say this because this is cliche, but he said, what makes you stand out? Why are you different? And don't say because your music isn't like anybody else's, which I wasn't going to say. But he was just like, I have a girl that can sing. I have a girl that can't sing. The one that makes me the, more, the most money is the girl that can't sing because she has this going for her. She has an OnlyFans. She has this, this, that, and this. And she has multiple outlets of making me money. How are you going to make me money without me putting more money into you? So I had nothing to say. I could not. I, I am. I've never been one to sell myself on anything. I can't do it. But I can post a video and on TikTok, I post and I get really good results. Now I have a lot of random people that just, you know, stop by and leave a comment. Even if they don't listen, they left a comment, which it boosts you up. So, you know, it's a middle ground. But I tell anybody that makes music, you got to put your whole life savings into it. It's the only way you're going to even touch one listener. So, you know, it's a good time to be. I'd rather be alive now than in the 30s for a lot of reasons, but as a musician, that's one thing. <laughs> yeah, there, there's more than more than a couple of reasons, but <laughs> yeah, we'll focus on the music for now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, t- dude, yeah, yeah. Taking the other things out of <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Italian. I'd rather be alive now than in the 30s, too. <laughs> I, I just I, I saw that in the show. He said, um, would you rather be in the 80s or in the whatever time? And he was like, does race matter? And they said no. And then he gave another answer. And he was like, okay, that one worked. I'll be in the whatever, the 30s or whatever. Like, I would love to be in the 20s, but. Well, we're in the 20s, just the other 20s. <laughs> yeah. The 20s where gas is so expensive, we can't drive cars almost anymore. <laughs> I don't even, I, I got 13 cent off gas and that used to make me so excited, but it was still almost $4. So I couldn't even be happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking at my notes here and the, the big one I have not asked you is uh, your Instagram handle. Sex monkey limo driver. Um, 
before you give the explanation, how long have you been on Instagram with that handle? Um, I made Instagram when I was 13 and I've never had a different name. So however long that is. So while. <laughs> I want to change it so bad. But so, so 13. All right. Well, that changes that changes my opinion on because I was like trying to figure out. I'm like, all right, maybe he was a limo driver at some point, and maybe a girlfriend called him a sex monkey. <laughs> like there was this game called Nick Tropolis. It was I don't know, like the IMVD, whatever. Like it was like a little game. You make an avatar and you can go in all these little chat rooms, you can dress it up and all kind of stuff. And you needed four names to make one. It was Nick.com, but they still let me have sex. And I had just found out black people were called monkeys. I didn't think about race. I didn't really care about nothing. I I don't know. I saw monkey and I was like, okay, funny. Okay, cool. And then by that point, I'm bored. Limo driver went together. And I have been stuck with it ever since. <laughs> I, when I, I have reached out to Instagram so many times. I did an event posted by Instagram where I met people who work for Instagram. And I'm like, hey, help me change it. The name that I want, I made a whole separate account that I don't even mess with. I just stay, I just keep it. So when I'm ready to get that name, I have it there. They help, yeah, we'll get back to you. That was three years ago. <sighs> That name has caused me so much trouble. <laughs> I have lost so many opportunities, but I've also gained opportunities from it. But end of the day, I want it. I want it gone. I I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> even 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 while I was saying my hypothesis, I'm like I'm just envisioning this uh, Southern Belle in South Carolina being like, "Ooh, my sex monkey," and how racist that is. <laughs> My last girlfriend, I used to call her Young Paula Dean because she looks just like <laughs> Young Paula Dean. And she would say stuff like that all the time. And, you know, like a lot of race has never been like a like I've had problems with race and stuff like that. But it's always been like a it's whatever. And she would say stuff like that and it would just go right over her head. And it was adorable. But it's kind of like you got to know your audience. Don't say that, that. Don't say that around everybody. Don't, you know. <laughs> you know. If we, if we pop up at Popeyes in the line, don't say, "Oh, my little sex monkey." You're gonna get some looks. Don't do it. I I can't defend you. <laughs> I'm just envisioning how 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 bad it could look if it'd be like, "Hey, follow him at Sex Monkey Limo Drive." Like, oops. People recognize me more <laughs> as Sex Monkey than they do as Savon Campbell. So if I go to Walmart or somewhere, anytime that I actually get like, I was at a show last Saturday and I was just watching somebody and this girl came up to me and she was like you're the sex monkey dude it's just like yeah <laughs> yeah yeah not like I just get recognized a lot I just I'm, I'm in my hometown you know so yeah good old I Greenville away from it so bad I went away <laughs> from it so bad <laughs> I did I I loved going up there. I'm like, hey, this is not as southern. Like now, granted, I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, so we're at the point of Florida where like South Carolina is the South, and we're not. If that makes sense, uh-huh. like we're normal. We're like L.A. with a lot of rednecks. <laughs> yeah, 
so so south carolina i'm like uh we're going to hillbilly town and i go to greenville i'm like oh this is a normal city it's very much you know without the beaches it's like st pete i i've had little run-ins with like problems like oh i'm black and i've had this that and that but there's so few like i'm not saying like it's not a problem at all for anybody but just my experience like my top three friends are three levels of white guy where I have the country white guy that's like, you know, he, he rides a horse every once in a while. He can fix a truck. Then I have <laughs> one that is a full-on redneck. Then I have one that is a straight-up hillbilly. They go all the way through. And I love him to death. I, I was doing full-on rap songs trying to sell weed, but I had a, a Nissan Murano that was jacked up with axles and had giant wheels and I had the whole interior camo. I was always in the middle. I was not like I was like, I was, I never felt like I was whitewashed or I was just like some hood black guy. We just kind of all are on a different spectrum. So, you know, I feel like Greenville is a lot more progressive than a lot of the places that I've been. So like I go to Nashville, Nashville, I get away with so much stuff because everybody wants to help. Cause it's like, and this, I have a whole joke about this. I'm going to be one of the first people to get famous off affirmative action. Because when I'm in Nashville, everybody loves having a token black guy. So it's like, oh, yeah, I have this young black guy from South Carolina. Great guy. He is black. They love to throw that in. So I'll be the only black guy at, like, the CMT Music Awards. And I'll be cool. But then, like, I'll go somewhere else in Nashville. And it's just like, bro, we're all black. It doesn't matter. So, like. It's it's a it's a happy medium. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a good place, uh, and that I, you know I I don't know I'm I'm. Saint Petersburg is also a blue city in a red state, so maybe that's the magic, right? Like it's kind of like a little bit of a, a liberal city in a conservative state. Maybe that. Just makes things work. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think we got balanced out because I think a lot of the like I feel old that I'm gonna say youth, but a lot of the youth here are very liberal. Like we're getting a lot of craft, like you know, craft bars and a lot of new stuff that we never had. So it's kind of opening a lot of stuff, a lot of open, opening a lot of people's eyes to a lot of new stuff. So. I know a guy that's been homophobic his whole life that's, you know, like he works with a gay guy and he has no problems with it. It's just, it's a lot of new stuff here. And I think it's like a weird TV show where everything's blended in. It's kind of cool. Yeah. No, it's a interesting dynamic for sure. I thought Florida was kind of mostly like that. Yeah, I think for the most part, a North Florida like the top third of Florida is like South Alabama. Yeah. Like my brother moved up to North Florida and uh, I had uh, back then I had long, my hair kind of grows into a fro. Uh, so, so I, I had long hair. I was wearing a hat and I was wearing shorts and everyone looked at me like I was some crazy hippie. Because no one wears shorts because they're all farmers. You got to wear pants to, you know, protect from ticks and shit. And uh, the hair was like, 
what's going on with this guy? Why is his hair not cut short? <laughs> so, uh, North Florida, not great. <laughs> but the rest of Florida, I mean, we've got our issues. <laughs> but but I, I can tell who will be voted out if y'all ever had to pick. <laughs> I think here, ours is this place called Lawrence. I think that'll be our place if we had to pick. Okay, we're going to cut it off here. Y'all not a part of us anymore. I think that'll be ours. Yeah, we just let Georgia and Alabama fight over the north and the panhandle. We'll take the central down. <laughs> From Orlando, Tampa, down to Miami. We're our own thing. Yeah. Let us be. <laughs> I keep seeing that because... Um, you know, like Russia and all that going on. People on t- um, TikTok, they keep saying like, hey, the South, we're, we're going to break off like we originally planned to. So the rest of that is America. We're not America no more. So do what you want to do. This is not America. That's, everybody just start breaking up like that. So Orlando on down, that's Florida. That middle part, they're, they're their own place. <laughs> well, that's funny. It's... um. There's there's a lot of secession talk, and I'm talking about splitting a state in half. I'm not even worried about. I'm not even worried about you know all fifty states were technically you could consider them fifty countries until the federal government became like super overlords of all of them. Now I'm like uh, I'm I want to break our state in half. <laughs> I'm I'm with you. I feel like now it's time for the South to see other people. <laughs> <laughs> let's just let's heartbreak out. I mean, you know, you know what would be good for the United States is just like let's have a mutually agreed military pact. Some 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 political person's gonna listen to this and be like, you stupid asshole, here's why this won't work. But like, let's all agree the military protects all 50 states, but we can all just kind of do our own thing and let's just see what happens. Let's just just test it out. Just let's take a 10 year run where we're all, we all make our own rules. You know, we, I'd have been somewhere other than <laughs> South Carolina. I would love to be like, I, I've been to a ton of different countries. Like I've been all over. I've been right. all over the place. Well, in South Carolina, I've found, I found this out from being there. It's like, you're like so close to so many States in, in St. Petersburg, Florida, it is like eight hours to get out of the state. <laughs> it's a long drive I don't know everything is a long drive to me I have to drive two and a half hours this weekend and I feel like I've been preparing myself all week for it like I'm I'm trying to add up my sleep like get it all together so I'll be ready for this two and a half hour drive so eight hours okay, I'm flying yeah yeah that that's I think that's the, the way to get out of Florida out of central florida it's just it's too long of a state (laughs) it really i never like thought about how like how far away everything is because trying to i think it was Kay's last birthday my uh, girlfriend's last birthday we like everywhere she was saying like it looks so close when she showed me on a map and different stuff and now now thinking about all those jobs it took forever yeah it, well, it, it's weird when, as a Floridian, again, a Floridian who's in the middle of the state, it takes 
it's it's a day's commitment to leave the state and then going to south carolina or when i went up to buffalo like it was a 30 minute drive to canada and i'm like what the fuck (laughs) this is weird like 30 minute drive to me is from st petersburg to tampa and we're this close on the map (laughs) you can drive to another country and then he's telling me about oh yeah it's only a couple hours to get to pennsylvania and there's this state here and this state. I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> no, here to Florida, I know last time we went, it took me 13 hours. I don't, I don't have that kind of commitment in me anymore. It's no. not good on paper, but I could never do it again. And the South Carolina Highway Patrol are assholes, by the way. They just got me. I got a ticket sitting in my car right now. Uh, First ticket in like two and a half years, two, three years. They got me, this was more than a decade ago, throwing 49 and a 45. Oh, that's petty. I don't think I've had anything that bad. Well, my ex-father-in-law, I don't know if that's the correct title, but sounds right. Uh, he's like, oh, they target out-of-state plates because the, the, the officer very clearly was like, well, you can show up and contest it in court. And I'm like, yeah, in six weeks from now, I'm going to drive 13 hours to get back to here. Georgia. I have to go to Georgia next month for a ticket. I'm doing it. I'm fighting this ticket. I'm not paying it. Nice. Uh, well, you know, in hindsight, with as much as it raised my car insurance rates and everything else for going four miles over the speed limit, I probably should have done it. Too. <laughs> I... If they like make me pay it, I can't be mad because I was speeding and I when I saw the cop, I went ahead and started getting over. Like I knew he had me. It wasn't no way around it because I had to be going like I might have been touching eighty and a fifty five. Like I know I was going like <laughs> over. Like I know when I started to slow down, I saw myself in the seventies and I knew it was a fifty five. But I thought it was a sixty. Not that it made that any better, but I went ahead and pulled over. I knew he got me, but I'm gonna still try to fight it. This is my first time and be like as petty as possible because show me that radar gun. <laughs> yeah, money is not my friend right now. I'm not playing with it. If they did not calibrate that radar gun, how can we trust it? Exactly. That's that's my opening statement. <laughs> show the right now. Suit, I'm gonna be my own lawyer. Yeah. Well, hopefully they didn't calibrate that radar. <laughs> or else. Calibrate it. Yeah. Yeah. If it was that morning, you're. Yeah. Things are not good. Right before he got me, he had just started his shift. <laughs> just got it. <laughs> Literally 15 minutes before I pulled you over, I calibrated. <laughs> it takes 30 minutes for those guns to work. The war. <laughs> It was not warmed up. <laughs> well, dismissed. Servan, <laughs> uh, I've had a tremendous time talking to you. And uh, I, obviously, I've already dropped the Sex Monkey Limo Driver Instagram handle. But tell my listeners where else they can find you and find your music. Um, on everything else, I am normal. I am Servan Campbell. <laughs> C-E-R-V-O-N on on everything. Facebook, TikTok, Twitter. 
Tinder, wherever you find me, it'll be Savon Campbell. Well, Spotify and all those platforms. I hope they don't find you on Tinder. We were talking about your girlfriend earlier. <laughs> I can edit that out. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> That's true. If if you want to be a second wife, get in line early. <laughs> yeah, tickets on sale now. <laughs> Jump ahead, <laughs> you know. Uh, Servan, thank you so much for joining me. I had a ton of fun talking to you. And uh, again, I'll reiterate, I had a lot of fun listening to your music today until Spotify petrified me. Uh, but aside from that, <laughs> I had a great time uh, chatting with you. And again, the music. Awesome. Uh, thank you for joining me. Yeah, happy to be here. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. All right, that was it. That was the episode. Thank you to Servan Campbell. Check him out on uh, Instagram again. Check out his music. I really do like uh, a lot of it. Uh, you, you know, he's got a lot of stuff on Spotify. Uh, obviously, this was recorded on that dreaded day that Spotify went down, and every content creator was immediately thinking that they had been deplatformed from Spotify. That's it's kind of a sad state of affairs that that's instantly where uh, Servan's mind went. That's where my mind went is, oh, my God, they're taking down my podcast. And I don't even say that bad of stuff on the podcast. And Servan, pro probably the same thing. My music isn't even controversial. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, sad state of affairs that that's the first place that both of our minds went. But, hey, that's the world some people want to live in. So. We'll keep playing these stupid games and canceling, uh, you know, <laughs> canceling people uh, as we wish. Um, all right. I don't have a whole lot more to say. Um, check out our sponsors again, Geology and Pure Hemp Botanicals. Check them out. Use the link below, please, because that helps me and, uh, you know, helps you also. You know, it's, a, it's what we call a win-win in the business. Um, yeah, that's about it. Somebody had asked me about the Chris Rock, Will Smith thing. I don't think you need my opinion on that. But Will Smith's, well, in the moment, at the very least, he's an asshole. And, uh, you know, that's all I got to say about that. If you go up and slap a comedian, I don't care what kind of joke he makes. You walk on stage and slap a comedian, you deserve to get hit with a brick. Um, so that's that's all I got to say about that. Um, all right, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. Again, check out Geology and Pure Hemp Botanicals. Give me a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook on uh hey subscribe to the youtube channel i'm thinking maybe i'll start tying in more videos especially with the geology stuff maybe you can see my my skin before and after if there's a noticeable change um as when i was talking to geology as they said you know i don't have bad skin to start with frankly but you know it's time i start taking care of it you know it's not uh it's not going to stay decent to good if I treat it like a, you know, like a rented ATV, you know, ride it hard, 
put it up wet. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that the analogy exactly works, but I think you get what I'm saying. So, hey, uh, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned. Got a fun episode next week with an actor, uh, Ray Buffer. He's been on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. It's probably his most memorable uh, scene uh, with uh, Larry David and Ben Stiller. Um, but we talk about acting and all that kind of fun stuff. You've you've almost certainly seen him, whether it be on Curb or in uh, commercials or something else. Uh, and then the following week, we have an astrophysicist. Um, so Jeffrey tries to be smart. And I recorded that episode the day I got back from Costa Rica. And uh, oof, I was not only mentally in a bit of a fog, but I was having a little bit of a stomach issue if you catch my drift uh, that day. So I was a a little uh, mentally uh, torn up, uh, maybe physically torn up as well. So I was, um, I was uh, hopefully did a good job. I had fun recording it. That was about the only fun I had that day uh, after returning. So hopefully that comes out well. That will be in two weeks. Uh, I believe that's the day after Easter. Um, All right, folks. Thanks for listening. I love you, smooches, and all that good stuff. And uh, see you next week on the Jeff Macalino Podcast.